Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Podcasts make a lot of sense for farmers because they can listen to it while they're on the road or doing stuff and, you know. And with that, welcome to the Farms Vice podcast where we talk everything agribusiness so that we can really enhance how our farmers get their information on the go, as Coppo said just before. And also, it's really a great tool so you can up-level, enhance, and also get the motivation you need to carry out your day-to-day routine but also to make these improvements so you can have a bit better life and you can get some time to yourself outside of farming. That's what it's really all about. And it's been a huge year. I believe this is episode 80 going out today, straight out the door. It's been a huge year for the podcast. So thanks for everyone tuning along. If you do like the episodes, make sure you do like, comment and subscribe as they say for podcasts. But really it does help us really get some traction there as a farmer-led podcast as well. So so let's get into this episode and see what it's all about with Andrew Copham from FarmBot, the water monitoring system. But also in this episode, you'll find out different applications for different monitors and how he's really enhancing how the agricultural monitors remote remotely with their sensors. So let's get into it. Andrew, how are you going, mate? Yeah, very good, thanks. How are you? Really good. Hopefully I pronounced your last name correct, did I? 100%. All good. Beautiful. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Another mastermind at the head of tech and seeing where ag tech within Australian agriculture can go. Before we get down to agribusiness and farm bot, can you give us a bit of a spiel of how you got to the position where you are right now? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, as a kid, I sort of grew up in Western Australia and um, spent a lot of time on the family hobby farm. Uh, we had a few sheep and cows and other things. And, you know, then I, I went off into a corporate career for many years in um, in financial markets. 
Um, but in my holidays as a kid, you know, dad used to send me up to the Kimberley to, to put me on some cattle stations. Um, and I spent my share of time driving around checking water. So it's sort of fortuitously that, you know, here I am many years later, a uh, few too many to mention, um, you know, um, running a technology company that's a specialist in remote monitoring of water, um, particularly water for livestock. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that, that early background in uh, connectivity to ag um, helped me relate closely to the problem that we're trying to solve. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, FarmBot's now a firm with over 40 staff um, in it. And, um, you know, our technology is on about five and a half thousand locations around Australia and growing at around 300 a month. Absolutely. That's something to be pretty proud of to get from that phase. Do you still consider yourself as a startup growing out? I think we're probably, you know, what's in the in the tech industry now is termed as a, a more of a scale up than a startup. Yep. So we're sort of, you know, we're we've got critical scale. Um, we really understand our product and our customer need. Um, so we're past that sort of. We've got a good idea, you know, and we're trying to match it with the problem. Um, and, you know, I mean, the genesis of this solution was really that, you know, I'm. I've never met a farmer whose first thought of the day isn't about weather, which yeah. is really a proxy for water. I've never met a farmer who has time on their hands. Um, every single person in ag has got a bottomless to-do list and has no time. And yet, as we're on, on this um, podcast today, you know, there's probably about 10,000 people driving around checking water. So we sort of went, well, you know, this water management practices have to change because the problem is a few seconds after you've checked the water and you're driving away in the Toyota, you don't know what happens next. So we thought, what if we could create something that would allow farmers to know their water in real time? Um, and what would be the implications of that? And I guess six years later, what we know now is um, we're creating, we're giving back farmers a huge amount of time and you know, most importantly, we're giving them peace of mind because what yeah. I didn't what I didn't really understand was how much time people on the land spend worrying about water um, and, and that they cannot see. And so we've given them this visibility through our our app and our technology. And um, you know, I think we're really changing lives for the better. And that's what we hear back from our customers all the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's the the very a lot of this ag tech I've spoken to a lot of CEOs and the value comes outside of the perceived value with the product and that's probably the time that you're going to save our old property we probably nearly a day to check all the bore points and the main watering points that fed all of our livestock it can be it's great to know what's happening and be there as well but to save that time really outweighs running around checking that when you could be spending it on another task to complete um, for your farm. Yeah, I mean, you know, that as you know, I mean, it's allowing, we think we're allowing people, um, particularly in the livestock arena where we're very big in sheep and cattle properties to spend more time doing, you know, significantly more important tasks, um, like, you know, working on their genetics or working on getting a better price or, you know, 
maybe it's going to the doctor or spending time with the family because normally they would have been burning a day or two yep. um, or, or even if it's just hours. I mean, an hour is a, a, a long time um, to, to be driving to check water that often doesn't need checking. And so what we've had to do is help, you know, realise that, um, you know, there is a problem here. A lot of people don't perceive the problem because they're just driving around doing what they've always been doing and it's sort of part of their job. But once you realise that you don't have to be a slave to the process and you can actually get back your day and manage it and go where there is a problem, um, it doesn't mean you can't drive around and check things when you want to check them. You're still totally empowered to do yeah. that. But when it comes to your water resources, you know what's happening. So, um, so we built this device, um, you know, the, the FarmBot monitor. It, it monitors water in real time and it sends you alerts um, to your phone or to your um, computer um, when something isn't right. So that could be falling too fast because you've got a broken pipe or a, a beast has knocked a trough off a float or it's rising too fast and it's flooding or it's doing something that it's not normally doing you'll get a text message or an alert saying, hey, something's not right with this water. And so, um, you know, we've now got properties around Australia looking at, you know, at hundreds of water sites um, over a cup of tea in the morning to work out what they're going to do in their day. Yeah. So it's really changed how people are operating and thinking about water. Um, the bigger picture here also is, you know, um, you know, we've now attached rain gauges to, to farm bots. So now that I'm not going out to check the the water, I'm not checking my rain gauge as much. So farmers started saying, hey, could you give me a rain gauge as well? So I know what the rainfall's like in the back paddock. So we also innovated and created an electronic rain gauge. Um, and we're building out a suite of products that talk to FarmBot, um, which are all driven by our customers asking, you know, could you do me this for me? Um, so we're sort of customer obsessed firm and a, and a service focused firm. Yeah, well, I think you have to be pretty customer obsessed when you're working with farmers and what they want. They're going to be asking you a few questions and seeing if you can make this for them and how that plays an important role in your development. How much of an impact have the farmers initially played in what FarmBot's offering today? Oh, I mean, huge. I mean, we're now building the eighth generation of the device um, and all of that iteration and learning, lessons learnt and everything has come from being in the paddock. Um, and, you know, we, we've had to make the device, you know, Australia proof, um, you know, cockatoo proof, fire proof, 50 degree plus proof, minus 10 degree proof. So, you know, you learn a lot out in the paddock as we all know, and, you know, that's the only, only training ground. There's no point coming up with things in the lab and then sending them out untrialed and untested. So, you know, we're very proud of that. And, you know, we stand by our, our product. Um, and, you know, if we can't fix it, we'll replace it. You know, we, uh, but, you know, I think we're getting very, very good at, at a very reliable, robust product these days. Yeah, absolutely. And for livestock, I think it's very important that they are receiving um, the technology a lot of it goes into the grains and horticulture. They're busting at the seams with ag tech. But for this huge time saver of checking our water, livestock don't live without their water each day and how much they need. So it's pretty vital that we do have these all playing a part 
Um, and especially in 2021, 22, people are pretty connected currently. So they don't really have, they're always gonna be able to be connected in some way with FarmBot. But how restricted, or is it restricted at all to connectivity on farm with FarmBot or how does it work connecting up? Yeah, no, so we've, again, you know, on the, on the lessons learnt um, ledger, you know, we realised that farmers did not want to hear and do not want to hear, you know, I'm sending out the technician <laughs> to install the device. You know, we'll just put up a tower and pour some concrete and, you know, then everything will be fine. I mean, you know, we've moved to more of a consumer electronics model, which is if we can't put it in a box, send it to you, have you install it yourself in five or 10 minutes, turn it on and it works, it should never leave our office. And that's the, we've adopted that philosophy around everything that we do, that it must be farmer installed and super reliable and super easy. Obviously making really complex things look easy is, is hard and expensive, but we've invested that over that technology over the last six years. And, um, you know, we're now, um, you know, we're now really proud of that. So communications, obviously another big, big issue in the bush. And so we realized that lots of our customers don't have, you know, cellular communication. So uh, about 60% of everything we do uses satellite technology yep. um, and our satellite monitors can work anywhere in the country, um, you know, and it's, it's a very reliable service. Because what we do is real time, we have to use some of the largest um, satellite companies in the world. So we use Global Star and Imasat because if you've got a problem with water for cattle and it's a 38 degree day, um, and you know the pipes just burst and 100,000 litres of water's gone on the ground, you need to know about it now. You don't need to know about it in four hours time or six hours time. So by using real-time monitoring, um, rather than just telling you, here's what it did at midday and here's what it did at midnight, that's, that's not good enough. So we needed to go to some of the world's biggest companies in this area to get the solution. Um, but yeah, now there's, there's probably over three and a half thousand satellite monitors out there that are monitoring water in very remote places in real time. Um, if you're closer to 4G and you've got cell reception on your phone, you can use a 4G um, version. I mean, you know, to, in reality, the cost differential is, is not huge. Yeah. Um, the 4G one operates for about a dollar a day. And the satellite version is about $1.25 a day. So if you sort of think, how far can I get in my Toyota for $1.25? It's barely out the, to the front gate um, of the driveway of the house these days. So, you know, it's a compelling ROI um, on, on using this sort of technology as well. Yeah, absolutely. Until the day electric cars rock up to the farm and they can go more than half an hour or 500 Ks, we will be saving money in the end. But for yourself and myself as well, being a farmer and looking at all this new technology out there, the adoption of it, of what I'm trying to tackle with the podcast as well, how have you found the adoption rate for farmers and their, their curiosity about new tech out in the market? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, I think we've, we've done a, a good job of it of it because we've stayed really focused around a key problem. And that is that water and knowing your water is a big, big deal. 
um, obviously there, there has been agri-tech in the past that sort of, you know, technology looking for a problem. Um, whereas we've come at it from a, what is the problem and how do we make the very, very best solution? So, um, you know, we're always, we're talking and collaborating with a lot of other agri-techs and we're always like, you know, be very, very focused around what the problem and the pain point that you're solving for the farmer is. And, you know, because, you know, that's how you're going to get broader adoption. Um, and so, I don't know, we like to think that FarmBot's a, a very easy first step in adoption of agri-tech um, that will expand, you know, to rain gauges and water pressure and flow. And, you know, we've got camera and different technologies that now talk to FarmBot that, you know, once you, you trust the, the, the device, you can think about other things. I guess it's a little bit like, you know, we now all have mobile phones, but we do a lot more than use them to call people. Yeah. Um, and so FarmBot's like a water monitoring device at its core that can also then help you do other things as you as, as and when you want to do it. So, so you know, look, uh, uh, selling about 300 monitors a month at the moment, I think that's that's pretty good adoption and scale. And Absolutely. You know, we sort of like to think that we've got the, you know, the Toyota of water monitors, high quality, reliable service backed. And, um, you know, we'll always be there for people. Yeah, great stuff. And yeah, as you said, farmers do need to know what their water is doing. If it's available, if it's in the trough, if it's not in the tank or if it's been sucked out dry for some blow up in the poly 10 Ks away for that yeah. very important um, and something hopefully we can tackle with the podcast. And as you mentioned before, ag tech's in its very early infancy of adoption and maturing and where we can take it. And it just comes back to your probably core of monitoring and something I noticed on your socials, you, you can monitor your diesel levels now in pumps. Did you know this episode is brought to you by Advert Your Eyes Digital, the marketing agency for Australian agribusiness. They live and breathe Australian agriculture. If you're looking for marketing support around your campaigns or a full marketing department to transition your business in 2022 online and to really enhance how you acquire your customers, get in touch with them at advertyoureyes.com. Back to the episode. Yeah, so again, on the on the basis of, you know, we've only innovated things that farmers have asked us for yep. um, because we've done a reasonable job of monitoring water. Um, we had a lot of people come to us and say, look, you know, I've got your devices on 20 water tanks, but I've also got five different places that I store diesel. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not always there either. And what I'd really love to know is, you know, if someone is taking diesel from one of my fuel um, dumps, so, so, yeah, we adopted our technology. We found different sensors that would be resilient in, um, in diesel, for sure, as we have also done in liquid fertilizer, for example. And so now we've got yeah, a FarmBot monitor that can monitor diesel, a FarmBot monitor that can monitor um, liquid fertilizer. And so, yeah, we've started to build out a, a portfolio of technology to, again, address different, different needs. But these were all needs that have been asked for by farmers of us. The, big, the bigger picture here too, Jack, is that, you know, we're gathering the data around people's um, ecosystems and, and, and the data in the future we think will be, will be key because, you know, we'll be able to let farmers know, hey, did you know this time last year 
this is how much water you had and how much water you were consuming every day. And that's versus the year before and the year before or the week before or the month before. And so people will start be able to start thinking about planning based on real data from their own farm and what was happening last time and what was the trends, what was the rainfall and the water consumption and the, and the grass um, on my paddocks at, that, at this time last year, being able to have that information to make better informed decisions about what you're going to do this year, we think that's the future of this sort of technology. Yeah, absolutely. And using that data to improve your outlook. Once you have that three years, what would you sort of think was substantial data collection? Three years, would that be a good amount to go on a trend? Yeah, well, as you know, I mean, more is better. Um, yeah. And so the longer you've got, the more likely you're able to pick up true trends and, and variances. Um, but yeah, we sort of think a minimum of three years is probably about right before you can start seeing, seeing meaningful things. And, you know, the future for us looks like overlaying the, the hyper-local weather and rainfall that we've got with bomb data and other things, which again will provide the farmers with better insights um, because, you know, they didn't have that hyper-local rainfall data and things, you know, a couple of years back. So, um, yeah, look, bigger data sets are better, but, you know, look, we, as a general rule, we don't really talk about data say we talk about actionable insights, you know, what, yep. what does this mean for me? Um, you know, so what of the data um, is more important than having the raw data. So um, we're more in, in a firm that wants to take the information that we've got and turn it into something that's meaningful for our customers. So in, in rainfall, for example, that might be, did you know in your area that you're in the highest quartile of people for rainfall? Um, which is to say, okay, well, I've got more grass than the blokes down the road. So am I going to graze longer or, you know, can I sell later? I mean, you know, be able to make different business decisions based on, on the information that we, we garner from, from your water ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose the choices, once you start to look at it, it's pretty interesting what you can come up with um, and actually making these decisions live on the day um do i need to move this mob on or can they stay in here for an extra week extra few days um i think that's going to be really invaluable as we move in as more farmers come on board as well for these tech companies like such as yourself Farmbot, and actually directing the way that they move and how the data and information is so malleable for the farmer yeah, there's, there's, we've seen that many different occurrences of things happening now that we, we can start to understand what various things mean in the data. And, you know, I have no doubt in the, in the not too distant future, we won't just be saying, hey, you've lost all your water. We'll be saying that is a split tank or that is a, a burst pipe or that is a, um, that is a broken float, you know, um, because we know what the signatures of these things look like. And um, so, so the richer the data and the more data that we have, the better we'll be able to provide insights for farmers, which means the better decision-making they'll have. Um, you know, nothing's ever going to remove farmers' intuition and instinct about their property and what they want to do, but well-informed data will help them um, provide, you know, make, make even better decisions. Because let's face it, we're living in a, in a volatile um, world these days and things can change. So you've got to be 
having the latest information at your disposal to make the best decisions for how you're going to run your property, um, whether that's putting crops in, selling stock off, buying stock in or whatever, you know, managing the property for the, the, the resources that you've got at any given time. Yeah, absolutely. Farmers have a busy role to play and if they can reduce the amount of options um, and let the data speak for itself, they'll be able to make better decisions off the back of it. 100%. So, Ag Tech in 2021, where's it going to be in 2022? I know you do a bit of work within the Ag Tech industry past what farm bots up to. Where do you see it moving and what's the big goal for Ag Tech within Australia? Well, I mean, I think, you know, let's face it, we, we already know and everyone around the world knows that Australian farmers are, are, are the best in the world, um, you know, certainly the most resilient and the most innovative so it stands to reason that we have some of the best agri-tech on the planet as well, because the agri-techs come along out of the ingenuity of farmers more often than not. Um, so, so I think, you know, there's a very exciting future for agri-tech um, in Australia, um, which will be to the net benefit of our farmers. I would say on the NFF's target of $100 billion farm output that you know technology will probably contribute about 20 billion dollars of that towards us achieving that target and we also think that that agri-tech um you know is probably a 20 billion dollar a year export market for australia i mean globally agri-tech's a 500 billion us dollar a year um industry at the moment and australia is not really getting its share of that so by providing better innovations for australian farmers and building technology in the, one of the harshest continents on earth, we're gonna create other export opportunities for Australia that not just our amazing uh, proteins and, and uh, farm produce, but also our technology yep. um, and export that to the rest of the world. So I think that's an exciting um, future. And I think, you know, in doing that, we'll get even better outcomes for Australian farmers um, rather than just be recipients of of offshore technology that we weren't involved in innovating. So, um, so look, lots of collaborations going on, Agritech's wanting to work together because they realise no farmer's gonna wanna have seven apps to run the farm. So we're talking to multiple different um, Agritech's about how we can work with them to deliver better solutions for farmers. So I think you'll see more collaboration, um, better and better solutions, um, you know, hard things being made more and more simple. Um, and hopefully the government getting behind Agritech as well and helping farmers make adoption easy. You know, so I think that's what 2022 has got in store. Yeah, I think that will really make it a smooth process for farmers and those collaborations just make it all more valuable from the farmers end if the ag tech companies are speaking to each other and how they can work together, especially for the different elements industry sectors of agriculture livestock to cropping um, they all need to talk and sort of that cross-sector learning which is what we're trying to house here on the podcast as well you're going to get a lot of value out of someone else's company um, as well as just what you're already used to 100 yeah there's lots of amazing innovation things happening across horticulture viticulture cropping livestock um, you know, a, 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 it's a very broad, um, you know, sector. Um, but, but yes, because we've got great innovators around the country, 
as a result of our grape farmers, um, there will be you know, merging of great ideas. And, and I think you know, we will have, well, I think we've already got world leading solutions. Um, you know, and hopefully our farmers can see you know, their neighbors and other people starting to take you know, risks yep. with agri-tech and say, you know, actually it, there is a better way to do this. And we don't have to drive around and check water and we can get better um, technology on our property that will help us improve our productivity and improve our profitability. And, you know, certainly for me and my team at FarmBot, that's what gets us out of bed every day is the prospect of helping farmers be more profitable and more productive and, you know, thank us in the process, which is, you know, a really great reward for our efforts. Yeah, absolutely. Improving the outcomes of farmers across Australia is and would be pretty rewarding, but you should be pretty proud of yourself for building a 40-person team there at FarmBot, one of the sort of first well-known ag tech companies within Australia. No, thanks, Jack. We certainly are. And, you know, it's our total pleasure to work with primary producers and pastures and grazers around the country. And, and, you know, look, when they call us and say, hey, you just saved my my ass from, you know, we, we dropped this water and this was going to happen or this happened or I knew about this. I mean, obviously, you know, water echo, water pipes and tanks only bust when it's, you know, one o'clock in the morning or someone's <laughs> birthday or yeah. you've got something else to do. So, um, you know, knowing when things happen in real time is a real game changer and it, it's our total pleasure to provide our service to Australian farmers. Absolutely. A very exciting space to be within. Where do you see FarmBot taking off to in the next five to 10 years? What's the grand plan? Well, I mean, we've got a lot of work to do here in Australia and we'll continue to, you know, build our team here. Um, we, we are running a pilot at the moment in Texas and California. Um, as you probably know, um, our rain and the breaking of our drought has signaled the commencement of a drought yep. um, in, in North America. Um, and they're becoming increasingly focused around water management and dealing with the challenges that Australia's dealt with you know, the, for many decades, to be honest. So uh, there's a new awareness about water management and technology over there as well. So, you know, we're rolling out a pilot over there and we'd love to think that we could be an Australian um, ag tech success story um, and export our technology to other parts of the world. Absolutely. Look out the States. Well, Andrew, thanks for coming on board and sharing your expertise and what FarmBot and yourself are all about. It's pretty cool to have ag, ag tech CEOs come on the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. It's great. And uh, keep up the good work. Absolutely. Thank you. So for anyone Thank looking you. to reach out to yourself and the FarmBot team, social media, or even to apply to see what it's all about, how can they do so? Yeah, I mean, the best way is probably from our website at farmbot.com.au. Um, you know, we've got all that information about our products there, testimonials from farmers um, all around the country and sheep or cattle or northern sheep or northern cattle, um, you know, it doesn't matter. You'll find the information on our website and, and our contact um, details and everything are all there. We put our, our phone number on the front page of the website. It's not hidden anywhere. So um, you can always find us. We'd love to hear from you. Beautiful. Not like these airlines during the pandemic. No, well, we like to be in touch. Andrew, a question I ask everyone before we go is, who else would you like to hear on the Farms Voice podcast and why? Who else? That's a good question. Who else would I like to hear? Um, 
Mm. Go industry or sector if you like. Keep it ag tech. Um, yeah, I guess I'd like to hear from different perspectives of larger technology companies um, in collaborating and how they help intend to help um, agri-techs um, grow. You find yeah. most of the agri-techs in Australia are, are, are still searching for scale and profitability, but larger larger technology firms, whether that's the, you know, the, the Googles and the Microsofts or others of this world, are also going to be instrumental in helping provide better solutions for um, farmers. So, you know, um, they don't often talk about their strategies around agriculture and it would be good to, to know what they're thinking. Absolutely. I'll have to go knocking on Google's door and Microsoft to see if they want farms advice scrutiny. I'll, I'll see what I can do to hook you up. Too easy. Well, thanks, Andrew. Thanks for coming on and have a ripper rest of the day. We'll be in touch. Good on you, mate. You too. See ya. I loved having this chat with Andrew Coppen from FarmBot Monitoring Solutions. So I really hope you did too. It's pretty cool to be able to talk to the heads of AgTech within Australia and also to see AgTech in Australia really booming and they're looking to get global scale behind them as well. Great for us farms down under being the dummy testers to really break these systems until they're really working for our harsh environment. So Thanks, Andrew, for coming on and giving us your time. But if you did like this episode, make sure you do share it with your farming mates, your family, and whoever may find this pretty interesting. Or leave us a cheeky review on Apple Podcasts so it really helps this farmer-led podcast get to the farmers that really need to hear what's going on in the world and how they can improve their own farm. But... Thank you very much for sticking around all the way and listening to this episode. We will have a survey going out to improve the way we run this podcast so that you can get better outcomes for yourself. So have a look at our socials, be on there. Um, It will be out very soon. So I'll stick that out there. And if you can fill it in, that would be unreal too. So thanks for listening. Until next Tuesday, we'll see you then. Keep on farming. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ 
the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.